0: Indie Film Sucks! Indie Film Sucks! It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast!
1: Yeah! Coming
0: at you from the mean streets of St. Louis, from a basement on South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Because Indie Film Sucks... Still, it still
2: sucks. Still sucks,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> it sucks, but you know, people
3: like to join the suck with us, apparently.
0: I guess.
2: Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! And so I tonight, love the title,
0: yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Tonight, we have our very first guest Woo!
2: director Nathan Karimi. Cool, guys! Thank you. I did, damn, first guest. Thank you,
1: yeah. Uh, number
2: one, yeah. Welcome,
1: uh, man. Welcome.
2: Sure. All right, we got to baptize you, you now. What's your suck, Nathan? <laughs> okay basically like what's the part of life i'm not enjoying kind of deal whatever whatever your suck is in filmmaking In filmmaking filmmaking. dude so i would say i don't know i'm at a pretty like low point in my career right after the first feature and i'm just like nothing has happened with it yet it hasn't been that long Mm. so i'm just you know the patience is wearing thin with being like when's this shit gonna pay off um, (laughs) We know the pain, brother. So, like, in some ways, money all the time. but But this kind of shit bothers me the most. This just sounds absurd, especially, like, coming from St. Louis and stuff. But so this next script that I'm doing, it's called Kill the Coyote. And I want Aubrey Plaza to play, like, the main character not by no stretch the main character but like the main B story character I'd say okay the okay. mother of these two children. If she doesn't do it, I don't care. it's fucking fine. We'll find some other bad motherfuckers all over the world. yep but I like her a lot. I thought she was phenomenal in black bear. What sucks to me is that I don't I absolutely do not definitively know if she'll read the script. That's all a motherfucker can ask for, right to have an equal chances for people to read your shit. She might not ever fucking read it and that's just a reality across like any kind of jump to the next level. It makes it fucking hard. People don't fucking communicate well. <laughs> no, I think a lot of people that are listening right now can
1: probably uh, like relate to that. You know, there's a lot of people out there trying to throw their scripts out and stuff, and you know, don't know where they go, right? Yeah. So it's kind of that blind yeah, was, uh, faith, I guess. As
3: Greg has pointed out before, in in a, a podcast or so, you're, you're nobody until you're somebody, yeah. and you break that fucking invisible line. Yeah. And uh, it's it's hard, man. It's yeah. tough. We feel your pain, man. We <laughs> know Defin- what you're going through. Definitely. Yeah. We're, it Trust sucks. Me. This is yeah. the basement
0: of nobody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Alright. Hey, I was curious on, um, well, what the hell got you started in thinking you could make a movie? Are you, are you crazy?
2: You know what? Probably in some kind of small way. But, you know, I feel like the camera was a position of power when I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? It's like mm-hmm. you're making a fucking home video or whatever. And it's like mm-hmm. sledding. It's like my dad would be like, Nathan, tape this because he fucking loved to, you know, see himself flying down a hill or whatever the fuck. It just seemed like the cameraman was always like a position of power. Like, who gets to hold the fucking camera? And I was always just like, I fucking love holding the camera. I'm definitely better than my older brother at it. It might be the only (laughs) thing I've ever been better than him at type shit. Just there always being a camcorder when we were kids. And my dad's Iranian, so I think like coming to America, (laughs) he was probably just like, oh, the technology was probably insane for him. So just cameras always being around and using them. And having an imagination, I guess.
1: Yeah, so how did that get you, like drive you into, because I know on your last feature you did like the writing and the directing, right? So talk, talk about your evolution through like going from the little boy with the camera, right? That's the power position to the real power position. Writer and director, right, (laughs) Gregor? Yeah, lack of power.
2: (laughs) Yeah, for real. You think you got the power. I had these switches throughout life where I was just like, yeah, like, I need to do something creative, like, for sure. And it always felt like God telling me that. Call that fucking early onset, mild, slow drip, schizophrenia, call it whatever the fuck you want. But it felt good to me. I was like, yeah, like, life is presenting me these options to, like, do creative shit. And it always feels better than everything else. So, like, my brother one time came in my room, and my brother was like, you know, fucking cool dude and great extrovert, and I'm kind of more of an introvert. My brother's like, Nathan, dude, I'm in seventh fucking grade or sixth grade. He's like, hey, dude, can you do this fucking homework for me? This shit's stupid. I don't get it. <laughs> Because he just never cared about literature or any of that. It was a quick, like, write-up assessment of a bunch of poems. Well, the first fucking poem that hit was Edwin Arlington Robinson's Richard Corey, which is, you know, Simon Garfunkel remade it, too. Okay. They say that Richard Corey owns one half of this whole town. Rich dude who is sad, let's just say that. You guys read the, it's, but it's got a fucking punch, and it's like ten lines. That was kind of the fucking time where I was like, holy shit, man. I love creative shit. Like it's not just running around with a camera, fucking squirting catch up on each other, acting like we're in Braveheart or something. And when we're in third grade, like I fucking this shit's tight. So whatever. I probably ignored it over the next five years in favor of chasing girls. To uh, I never caught up. <laughs> um, that ran your ass up. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. But it's all good because I caught the best one. There you go. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, I kind of refell fell in love with, like, poetry and shit and, around that time. And then probably after college, I started hanging out with some of my old friends, Ricky Zelly, Sean Streeter. We started a little thing called Carzell Street Productions. It was my last name. Their last name's Carzell Street, Karimi Zelly Streeter. That's where Gung Ho was born, because we started this fucking little production company, and I was just, like, the one doing everything. Like, I was making all the calls. I was shooting all the videos. Like, I was so fucking pumped up about this shit. And at one point, there came a trip to go to Kansas City to shoot something, and both my friends bailed on it. I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? We got this shit planned. And they're like, dude, you're too gung-ho. And I was like, no fucking such thing. That's kind of where the name was born. How old are you in the story? Uh, 21, Okay, probably. Probably 21. Maybe 22. Anyway, 2015, for whatever reason, or 2014, I bought the fucking screenwriter's Bible and saved the cat. Read those motherfuckers, digested those motherfuckers. I love that formatting shit. I'm not into hearing about, like, theory and stuff. I really like that formatting. That's, like, the most helpful thing for me. And both those books do it great. Bought that, signed up for the 48-hour film festival, made that, and then I was just, boom, off. I fucking was obsessed.
0: Just talking about being too gung-ho, I, I always called it the, uh, the treehouse principle. It's like when you're when you're kids, uh, everyone talks about, you know, the trios they're going to build. You know, oh, we're going to put a moat. We're going to have a <laughs> flamethrower. Yeah. We're going to, you yeah. know, it's going to be six stories high. We're going to put windows in it. And everyone talks about this. And then the next day... I was always the only kid there with the bucket yeah. full of nails and the hammer, <laughs> yeah, right? It's yeah. like no one else showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, man, when I said I was gonna do this yeah. shit, I was <laughs> yeah, 100% yeah. serious. <laughs> yeah. I feel that very hard, how, yeah. how everyone is like all gung-ho, and then when the shit hits the fan, everyone's gone.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's, that's, how, it, that's how it goes.
3: But you stuck yeah. with it and stuck mm-hmm. to it. So, what happens after that?
2: We did a few things, you know, and then uh, obviously Oscar Tango Hellwater, now having gone through that, feels like the first fucking thing. I feel like that fucking re the cherry, dude. Like a feature. So, yeah, you guys yeah. do. Have, you guys are probably the most prolific, right? You guys have the most, like, movies. Wicked Pixels made more films than 88mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But we're, you know,
0: we're probably right behind them.
2: Yeah. Well, then either way to both of you guys like yeah what you know what that first time was like holy fuck what a learning curve yeah
1: it's every one of them
0: i'm telling it's you
1: it's fucking stupid yeah and we yeah. talked about in our earlier
2: episodes about you
1: needed that learning curve though right yeah. oh yeah that was key to you making right your future so yeah. so I, I looked you up a little bit right so so 2015 to 2017 you got a little thing 2017 you got a little thing on it's called earth mom yeah was it, a TV movie? What? <laughs> Come on. Talk, about, talk, about, oh, that. Dude, talk yes. about that a little bit.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for fucking looking me up. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> dude. Okay. I made a bunch of movies. I made like 12 short films that were all just garbage for the most part. Some, some spots where I was like, okay, like that's enough to recognize you. You have some talent in this. Keep moving rather than, no, you're just fucking not good at it. Two of them were surrounding like festivals, like 48-hour film festival, 77-hour film festival. You guys ever done those? 48, yes. Yeah, we did the 48 10, 11 times, which was that's great. As 88-millimeter production? Yeah, which is, yeah.
0: if we did it 11 times, it's 10 times too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a, yeah.
1: Such a love and hate fucking yeah. Ah, but, that you, you don't, but you hone your skills, right? I for mean, sure. I would encourage any for sure. young filmmaker for sure. to go out, grab an iPhone, grab your camera, grab whatever you're going to do, and go do a 48.
2: Yeah, for sure. Or don't pay for one and do it in the fucking backyard. But thank God love 48 for fucking putting it on. Because I'm trying to put on a festival now, and I'll tell you what, it's fucking hard. But filmmakers are broke, dude. Sometimes you're charging these motherfuckers $110, you should charge them $15 and fucking give them a high five. There's this real yeah. suck. Go, that's, man. Just suck. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a suck. Now, now we hear it. You know. That's just suck. Yeah. All
3: right, so I Earth, wish I didn't see Earth Mom. Earth Mom. That's that's your, Mom. It
2: your, says T- Mom. TV movie. That's, that's what I'm intrigued Okay, about. yeah, so Earth Mom. um, Earth Mom came like this. I made 4 a.m. in like 2015 or 2016, and it—I'm be honest—it swept at the St. Louis filmmaker showcase pretty much. So I was really excited about that. I was like, "Wow, this fucking." Did really good. So I'm gonna like I'm gonna get a fucking call from Hollywood. Like I thought it was gonna be uh, this huge sound familiar. We don't we don't we don't <laughs> understand. Yeah. Yeah. These guys <laughs> preaching yeah. You know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like that's a great feeling though. I read this, yeah, man. It's a great feeling to realize what this phrase I'm gonna say comes from this book I read by the duplass brothers, uh, like brothers. They keep there's two things that I took out of that book that were tremendous. One of them is because I've experienced this so many times and I'm guessing you guys did too the cavalry ain't coming type shit you know you gotta be your
0: own cavalry
2: yeah after 4am winning so well I was like dude this is gonna be awesome I wrote another script that was a just hot piece of garbage um, real artsy real like you know I don't know it felt fucking like an immature fucking piece of shit to me but anyway, tried to fucking get that thing financed and try to do all of the things that you do, nothing made sense. I ended up getting an IMDb Pro subscription and I fucking called um, this actor Shahab Hosseini, who was in these Iranian movies that I fucking love. Well, anyway, he he's just this fucking tremendous Iranian actor and I wanted him to be in this thing. Well, anyway, I called his agent on IMDb Pro because they have those numbers there. Yes, they do. <laughs> well, this what? dude's agent is basically his friend that like lives in L.A. who probably emails him every three months and says, you know, Shahab, so Someone emailed you, you know, like, there. I don't think she was an agent. And anyway, this guy calls me back and he's like, hey, Nathan, we looked you up, man. Uh, 4 a.m. was really cool. It was really cool. Um, would you, he's like, Shahab can't do this because he wants to maintain Iranian citizenship. Um, and there's drugs and alcohol in this. I guarantee Shahab didn't want to do it because it fucking sucked. I mean, (laughs) realistically. But Chris liked this. This guy, Chris, liked this movie. He's like, would you like to come out and direct something for us, like, in the next six months if I could get it together? And I'm like, I'm already starting that disappointment train where I'm like, yeah, dude, I'll be there. You know, like, Mm -hmm. he's not going to call me. Sure enough, like, five months later, this dude calls me. Nathan, I got two of those scripts together I was telling you about. And I was like, okay, first of all, massive check mark to this dude because, you know, he fucking built the play house or the tree yeah, house built the tree house or at least brought the fucking tools so i was like okay this is fucking cool so like i respected the dude for that anyway we're talking for a while and he says you know do you want to come out and do this i was like do i want to come to fucking la to direct a fucking pilot this is it baby this is fucking it you know what i mean i was like thought for sure the cap cavalry type thing and uh Anyway, we talk over the next two months and it, or so, and it felt productive. We were talking about uh, just shooting this thing and, you know, the rate. He's like, I'll give you, I don't know if it's was 100 bucks a day or if it was 100 bucks for the whole trip and pay for the flight. But, dude, I was so ecstatic about any element of this happening at all that I was like, yeah, I don't care if he gives me $8 a fucking day. So, anyway, about three weeks before the trip, he calls me and goes, hey, man, anyway, you could pay for your own flight. And I was like, bro, no. That's just a line morally I'm not going to cross. Yeah. You know, I'm not flying my fucking broke-ass self out for you to give me $100 to film something. No, I'm ready to go, dude. I have shot lists. Like, I'm ready, motherfucker. This bitch is directed. Long story short, I I felt like I had to stand the ground there. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, he's like, there's a bunch of guys out here at, like, the film schools or USC, like, that are, like, directors in school. And, you know, they'd probably do it for free. And I was like, okay, man, go ahead and have one of them do it for free. Anyway, he calls me, like, a week later and is like, hey we're good, don't worry about it. And then I was like, hey, I've been also thinking I need a DP on this, dude. Like, I can't shoot this, direct this. You know, I'm not even a fucking shooter. At all. And I'm colorblind. So, um, he he ends up fucking agreeing to pay my friend of $100 and flights. So, probably grand all in on us, which was felt so good to us. It was Hezekiah. You guys know Kai, don't you? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was Kai, so we went out there. Dude, there were... And Chris, you motherfucker! If, if if you're listening, I you are such a Chris is such a solid dude. Okay. this fucking <laughs> dude, he is man. He he did the same a similar thing where he hit me up like years later and was like Nathan, uh, this director might be interested in or this producer might be interested in people. And I was like, that's such a solid fucking move, man, because I didn't talk to this dude for five years. He was still fucking tight. But anyway, we get out there. <laughs> There's a Party City bag, like about eighty dollars of Party City shit to dur- to make this home in Los Angeles that belongs to Iranian people. Well, let me tell you something about Iranian people's style. It's black or white couches, leather, glass, everything, and just balls out plants and decorations. Not at all what a Midwestern home looks like. So we have to decorate this thing into this so me and Kai basically were like the set designer the fucking shooter the fucking rigging our own lights like and I n- neither of us were even remotely prepared for this neither we both were not fucking anywhere near where we are now as filmmakers but we made it and it fucking was t- terrible and a hundred percent of that was fucking my you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> you know but There's also this, we were completely not prepared for this fucking level of shit we needed to do. So uh, it ended up kind of fucking crushing, dude. It won like some shit out in at like the Hollywood Short Film Festival. Um, And Chris was real happy with it. And, you know, Dave Pitt edited it. And Dave, if you know, is fucking extremely, like he's a real, he's talented in every element of filmmaking. So he basically polished our turd so it looked like a fucking corner on the cob.
1: So transition us into uh, to your to your feature.
2: Did that earth mom thing didn't fucking <laughs> you know go anywhere. You didn't as, stay in
1: Hollywood, no. I
2: didn't stay in Hollywood, no. I did miss my flight that night because me and Kai fell asleep in the fucking Terminal? Ter- yeah, the terminal where the chairs are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fell asleep there. <laughs> called our fucking flight. Cause we got there hella early. So our terminal was filled. We sat we sat in like one next to it. Just fucking both just passed out, missed the fucking. How, how long so were you in LA say, for that? Like th- four days. Oh, okay. Yeah, man. So
1: short, quick, easy.
2: Yeah. yeah I don't easy. Don't know about easy. Seventeen, <laughs> like we were like seventeen, fucking ridiculously late in the morning, oh dude. Oh my god. Yeah, it was awesome.
1: And hey, what did you
3: learn from that experience? So, dude, what make you want to stay to do the next one?
2: I don't know if there is an honest answer to this. I think it's mostly I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I don't fucking know. I just had I just like it. What year was uh? Like what it. year was this? What year was Earth Mom? Yeah. 17, 2017. So, what'd you
0: do between Earth Mom and Oscar Tango?
2: Yeah, so we did this thing called Abducted Anonymous, which Scully was in. I would like to say, hopefully, no one will ever fucking see that. It's it's the second worst thing I ever fucking did. Past the point where shit I should have, that I did, should have been okay. Like, when I was a kid, I fucking sucked. Obviously, I didn't even know to fucking cut anything together but I did um abducted anonymous that I thought was like kind of a funny script Scully was in that um there's a lot of good people in that okay this is kind of another good story like in 2018 after Precious and the Damned I was just like dude I'm probably going to give up on filmmaking because I'm not going to keep like putting thirty five hundred bucks in and fifteen hundred here and eight hundred You know what I'm saying? Like this shit's just it's it's terrible. So I made Precious and the Damned, me and Seth Ferranti. You guys, I don't know if you saw that. Not great, but I was proud of it because I was like, man, I felt like I really fucked this up on my own. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I felt like I had everything and, you know, just didn't feel that great of a movie. But anyway.
0: Was that a another short or was that short. It was like a okay. long
2: short, like maybe twenty minutes, something like that. It's not great, man. Just silly, kind of immature kind of piece. Well, anyway, for that or whatever reason, being discouraged, I was like... In about 2018, I was like, dude, fuck this. Like, yeah, I got into it for, like, for honest reasons, man. Like, I love... I really, 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 really love storytelling. Like, I do. Like, definitely, I'm like an introverted weirdo that fucking needs art. Like, most people who are introverted fucking weirdos that need art. So... I was like, I'm going to write a book. So yeah. I started writing this fucking novel. Um, <laughs> and I got off social media. I fucking pretty much stopped using my computer. I got a typewriter to just use it on there. Because I was like, I just got to get back to the fucking, you know, the purity of this thing. So I'm writing this fucking thing. And it's called Strong Boy. And it's called All the Sons of Bitches. And it's called, um, all, you know, all kinds of different fucking iterations of it. Well, well the novel... That kind of came out of this was called Blood Like Water, and it was about a fucking boxing coach from the Great Depression era. Well, he works in a fucking factory in Ireland. He manages this potato factory, and he also runs like an inter- inter-industry boxing matches. So he does this in Ireland. He's pretty fucking successful. You know, a lot of guys kind of attribute that he invented the jab and shit like this. You know, like all these little quirks about him. Well, anyway, his boss comes and tells him, he's like, hey, uh, you'll get like a 10 times pay increase if you guys end up, if you guys move to St. Louis. They're opening a ball field and they want to sell potato chips. Hmm. So the fucking dude moves to St. Louis. It was like 1928, 1929. Fucking shit crashes. So there's no ball field. The construction is way off. He's busting tables. His wife's pregnant. This motherfucker is dirt poor. Well, he ends up getting in with the fucking dudes at the restaurant to start a fight club within the city, kind of like he had in Ireland. So I'm not going to get more into it. But that is about the place, 86 pages, where my car got broken into, stolen. And if you remember, I wrote it on typewriter, so I didn't have it anywhere other than notebooks, which also got stolen. Oh, shit. To me, that felt like a divine intervention to be like you stupid motherfucker, make movies, dude. And then I came back. Did I took an iteration of that? All the sons of bitches in the world. I did that with my uh, collaborating partner David Pitt. He shot it. We did it at uh, Bl- uh, BB's Blues Bar downtown. Mm-hmm. Sean yeah. Scott played John L. Sullivan. I I love that. It's still one, it's one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to do. And anyway, um, did that. Uh, I wrote that script as a pilot that one blue cat which was the biggest thing i'd ever won and that was another time that i thought the fucking cavalry was coming <laughs> cavalry did not come on that either you know and um I, I i wrote a script called slay the plague it's about this fucking small town that's having like their 100 year or 200 year celebration and they have a carnival that day well these fucking dudes end up coming in and like slaughtering the fucking Pastor and his wife, and then announcing at the Centennial that they died of a virus, and that they're distributing these. The the he's the national director of religious television and he's gotten like clearance from the government to ship these tvs that are like preloaded with religious service whatever the fuck people go to whenever they're religious anyway so it's just kind of like a, a dark takeover thing like that where these tvs obviously got these people all fucked up and it's like a fucking long story short we we these people i did this fucking another 48 hour project with these people these people said that they wanted to um You know, oh, we have this space and like we can get some money and let's make a movie. And I was like, let's make a movie for like fucking 50 grand. Like nothing insane. Um, Feels insane to me. But like when people are offering, when people are like, what can you get? 50 grand? Yeah, we can make a fucking movie for 50 grand. Of course we can. Nice. We drive two and a half hours out to meet them and present the whole plan for this thing. This is the kind of shit I'm talking about that fucking bugs me. This is my another suck moment. There you go. <laughs> is we get out here, man? We drive literally two and a half fucking hours, go to this meeting. This lady who, uh, who initiated this fucking conversation her husband doesn't even show up to the meeting and she's like he's the main one that's got to make the decision And i'm like okay well why did you not tell us that before we drove two and a half hours we meet in the same warehouse of the space that they were going to use there was no fucking electricity there was it was freezing in there we we're all wearing our fucking coats clearly like meant to be a quick in and out type shit like don't make yourself feel too comfortable And she was just basically like, yeah, we just don't feel comfortable asking for that kind of money. I'm like, damn, could have texted me that. I'm going to be honest with you, two and a half fucking hours. But it's okay because those two and a half hours are well fucking where real shit happens. Well, Dave is a real filmmaker, the realest of filmmakers. He is, man. He loves this shit. And, you know, I also love it. I'm going to be honest. I don't think I love it as much as Dave. I love storytelling. I don't know if it's filmmaking that I love as much as him. But we were like, dude, we got to make something. Like, let's make something for 15 fucking thousand dollars. Like, let's just motherfucking make something like let's go all in. What the fuck are we doing? You know, we're about to be fucking 30 and we don't have a single fucking movie, all this shit. (laughs) So we talked and then, you know, there was just like this idea of, hey, let's roll uh, Slay the Plague back. Instead of there being 12 people, let's let there be, you know, two. And instead of this. So I made Slay the Plague significantly smaller and in a way worsened it, you know. Um, Oscar Tango Hell Water's cool I'm very fucking proud of it I, I am so
1: that's what it became yeah so that, that little yeah. thing you had there that yeah. two and a half hours all that grind yeah. all that stuff you had to go through yeah two and a half hours back you came up with this
2: with Oscar Tango Hell Water yeah. okay yeah,
1: yeah I think every every
0: filmmaker who's been doing this for a while has had that that moment when you meet the person says, Oh, I'm gonna offer you this, we've yeah. got this money, we've got the situation, everything is set up, it's completely locked down. Mm-hmm. And then when you actually go to talk to them about it, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's been there. We've been there yeah. Yeah. And, countless and, times. Yeah. It's
2: disrespectful, man. It's it, fucking disrespectful. Yeah,
0: it's I, I, I had a guy who for years and this is guy has money. I need to be a producer. I love your work. I want to produce some of your some of your stuff. Finally, I go to him with the film. I'm like, okay, you want to produce some of my work? You love my work. Mm. Let's do it. And he's like, Yeah, can't. Got other stuff I'm doing.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. Where was this fucking? Comp- where like? Where was that two weeks ago? Where was that yeah. energy two weeks ago? Or what However long. So right.
0: so yeah, I, I feel that feel that super hard. But that kind of disappointment and anger usually fuels. What comes next?
2: Well, let me ask you guys a question. And if you said this on an earlier podcast, tell me to skip it. How do you guys finance your movies?
0: We had investors for for films. Our, my my first feature was Amphetamine, and that was completely self financed. Uh, total budget ten thousand dollars. It is what it is. You know, for a first time feature film and a first time feature filmmaker, if people didn't know jack shit what they were doing, it's not too bad. Is it a great film? Not really. Yeah. But uh, subsequent films was a combination of self financed and investors. Yeah. And Red Knight was the first fully investor financed film.
2: Yeah, man. Filmmaking's like. It's. When people look at. When people realize how unapproachable it is, like, it's not like. I guess filmmaking is super approachable because you can get a fucking cheap ass camera and go do it. But to like yeah. do it really well, like the discrepancy between that level and like what you see it, like let's just say the Hollywood level. No oh, shit. Kids are probably like gonna expect to get that on their iPhone now that shit's so easy. And it's like, uh, you yeah, know. it's
3: not like we asked for millions of dollars for our yeah. film
1: either. Yeah, that'd been nice. Maybe maybe the next one. <laughs> yeah, dude. We'll <laughs> see. Yep. No, but your work, like you said, a lot of times the reason why you got some success is because your other stuff was good. Right, you put some good stuff together, and it kind of then that's what we did with our work. Right, so it's we got better time. Right, so we've we've used our body of work in order to tease investors, and we understand that in order for us to make the next one, Red Knight's got to do something. Yeah, and I think you're probably thinking the same thing with, yeah. you know, Oscar Tango Hellwater.
2: Yeah, right? for sure, for is, sure. Is
1: where you're at. So where are you at with that movie now?
0: Where does it well, sit? let's let's not jump into where we're at now. Let's, tell us more about the production. How did that get there? Going? You
2: go about about uh, the Oscar Tango Hellwater production. Yes, sir. Someone introduced us to these people down in Blackwater Mark Danner, who is an executive producer on Ostra Tango Hellwater and Nicole Cornine. They are uh, residents of Blackwater. Nicole owns a hotel out there, Blackwater in, Missouri. Yeah Blackwater, Missouri. Nicole owns a hotel out there called the Iron Horse Hotel and it's fucking badass. It's like old school like it, like it looks like a horror movie and then you find out that literally like the doctor who was living there killed himself in that fucking oh, hotel. Man. Anyway, this place is sweet. Those people are awesome. We went down there, and it's like, dude, they just say yes to everything. They were just, like, so fucking welcoming. Like, it was ridiculous. If there's a question, Mark would just be like, well, let me see what I can do. And then it would pretty much get done. So you want to talk about building a fucking playhouse, Mark, you and Mark would have got along at the age of 10 or however yeah. old you're building a playhouse because, you know, Mark comes to play, and he was just the man on this. They were just cool-ass people that, like, we... Talked to down there and were like, hey, man, like we want to shoot a movie down there. They wanted the idea of tourism and fucking people staying at the hotel, going to the restaurant and things like that. So they were all in on it. Um, And they were just extremely, extremely, extremely helpful. We shot down there for 10 days. We did a pickup of three days down there. And then we did like eight more days on like inserts and shit like that. We shot in my garage. There's a scene on the railroad track that we fucked up really bad in Blackwater. Um, and we ended up reshooting it in my backyard and it looks, it's one of the cooler parts of the fucking movie. Yeah. Um, and then, uh,
3: happy accident,
2: dude. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It wasn't even that fucking happy though. At the time I was pretty, I was like, <laughs> right. I had to, I was not happy. I was, that really did hurt the mojo of the movie. Cause that was, that was our fucking fault, you know, scheduling something that difficult on night number one. You know, and we uh, weren't never done anything that stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you me? thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, but
0: but you, you do bring up a really awesome point because this is the indie film sucks podcast, yeah. and we talk about a lot of the suck and a lot of filmmaking. A lot yeah. of filmmaking at this level completely sucks. There's no escaping that. But you meet these people that you've never known before yeah. that are just. Really awesome, and they're just all in, mm-hmm. and they just give of themselves yeah. to make your vision come true. Yeah, and every film we've done, yeah, we've met those people here and yeah, there, dude. and yeah. awesome. That's for sure. That's the great thing about this this whole ride is yeah. meeting people like that.
2: oh Oh, one hundred percent for sure, man. And you realize, like, and and what's crazy to me is watching people grow. Like, like people that I worked with in like 2015, <laughs> and just seeing them like, I haven't seen you in five. Holy shit! <laughs> that's like how you're fucking doing set design now? That's how you're fucking doing makeup now? Like, okay. Like, fuck, you've gotten better. And dude, when you see that, I don't know, I'm a huge, 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 huge fucking fight fan. And I always think of things in terms of like that objective, usually, sometimes judges fuck it up, but whatever, the audience kind of knows. That like fairly objective decision or final to a fight, right? Like, dude got knocked out, this guy won. Like, there's no question about it. There's no, like, definitiveness like that. There's no, like, definitive terms like that in movies because they're so subjective. But, like, watching someone fucking get better is kind of feels like the equivalent of watching a fighter who kind of, like, sucks when they start and then watching them just, like, Holy shit, that dude's takedown defense got really fucking good. I don't know. They
3: put the time in.
2: They put the time yeah. in on their one thing, too. I'm talking about people that are doing like, like, dude, for example, Hezekiah. Hezekiah started out not knowing fucking shit about shit with filmmaking. And now, like, he's a DP. He's got a fucking really nice camera. He's fucking knows what he's doing with lights. He knows the language. He works. I think he probably makes way more fucking money than I do, and it's all doing filmmaking shit. And that was, like, in a seven-year period. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying?
3: We talked on an earlier podcast about people who start off just at the very bottom, and they work their ass off how quick they can be promoted in in this business. Because... Not everybody can bust their ass to become what what Kai became, or what you've become. No, not me. Uh,
2: (laughs) Most people can bust their ass Uh, this hard, trust me. So
0: how'd the production overall go for
2: you? Good, great. I came out of it learning a shit ton, of course. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Oscar Tango Hellwater is going to be the fucking greatest movie ever. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying this. I have high standards, and I'm proud of it.
3: Cool.
2: So that said, let's dig into the suck a little bit. Dave was... It was our production. We literally labeled it a Karimi Pitt production. So, you know. He's the DP. He's the producer. He's helping me with casting. He's helping me with the script. He's over all the time. We're talking walks. We're writing notes. Like, he's so committed, and he's just, you know. Another person that we had on that just fucking took such ownership, did fucking everything, dude. Our AD. It's so unfair to call her an AD because she did everything. Um, Angela. Yeah. You you guys know Angela Guau. Who, um, I, I don't. <laughs> Angel, I, I can't no, fucking believe I'm going like to say you're Yeah, She's fucking phenomenal. So there was like the, us three that cared that much. Well, like Dave had to care in his way of like getting footage backed up, doing all those things. I have to care in the way of like making sure we can't run out of fucking water, dude. We can't fucking not have food. Like, that, those were stupid motherfucking things to be worrying about mm-hmm. as a director. They were there. stupid fucking yeah. things to be worrying about. Yeah. I was fucking going to bed at midnight and then waking up at 4 to get to Walmart 30 minutes away to get all the supplies. Been there. To get back at 5 to shoot at fucking 7. You know what I'm saying? Like, stupid shit. That.
3: Yeah, so people that aren't in the business that we're in. Don't get to hear or see any of that. That's what I love about this podcast, bring it out there, because yeah. this is an everyday type of thing for indie filmmakers.
2: Yeah. And well, it ain't Fuck, I don't know, if I did that every day, I, that'd be <laughs> tight to be working on movies every day. No,
1: I was shocked when I got on this side of the camera, because I was just an actor for Chris. That's how I got to know him. I was on a set, doing some yeah. stuff. We did some other things together, but I didn't see any of that. Then I got yeah. on the production side, and I'm like, holy crap. I, that's all, I, I didn't see any of that. And then you still turn out these movies? It's unbelievable.
2: Yeah. Dude, no, they're behind it's a passion. The behind them the yeah. movie is fucking it's a, I know. It's a crazy place. Yeah, as
0: as a director, I mean, as an any director with few resources, you gotta do everything you gotta do. Yeah. But everything you're doing that's not directing actors is taking away from what you gotta do. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I know for me, part of me is dying inside because I'm thinking about the water. I'm thinking about the food. Yeah. And I know it's important, I'm gonna do it, but god damn it. My job is to direct these people and to make this movie.
2: Yeah. yeah so it's it's yeah.
0: uh it's it's tough. It's a juggling act,
3: that's
2: for sure. Oh dude, the craziest fucking juggling act.
1: I just think it's great that you said that. I think everybody listening to that is thinking the exact same yeah. thing. You just said it out loud. We said it out loud because yeah. it happens. That's what's that's what's awesome about this podcast and what you're talking about here.
2: Yeah, man. I and and, and and I guess I I guess from that I would this would be like damn near advice to fucking someone doing their first feature, which is a little embarrassing to do since you guys have like fucking ten features, but this is my little tidbit. As much as you fucking think that you and fucking two of your friends can conquer the entire fucking world, get at least one more person. Like at least <laughs> at least one more fucking I know person. Going with that. You know, like my personal actual logistic takeaway from this was I'm not cooking on set anymore. I will not work on a movie where they're... Like, if it's a tiny little fucking shoot, whatever. I'm not doing my next feature. I'm not cooking. Mm. No fucking chance. That ruined me. I'm not going to be in charge of craft services. That shit fucking ruined me. I'm not going to be in charge of fucking... I can be in charge of a ton of shit, but I can't be worried about, like, you know, the hierarchy of needs. I can't be worried about, like, fucking food and water for people. Like, Mm. that shit needs to be taken care of, and... Man, I don't know. That's my big takeaway in the movie is <laughs> don't drive to Walmart if I have said morning. that exact
0: same thing. And it's it's not that you're too good for it. Yeah, you know, right. like I've said, I'm not too good to move a C stand. Yeah, but that's not my job. Yeah, and if you're not doing your job,
1: your job is suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you Very have to true. you have to live it in order to understand that yeah. you need somebody else to do it. Yeah, right? for sure. Right, and for I think sure. it's important, so you yeah. do understand that and. I was the food guy on or last. I was equal producer, equal everything in our company. Yeah. yeah, I knew where my role was. Right, my role was to make sure Chris could get direct, and probably could have done a better, better job for Brock to act. And you picked up a lot of slack too. But we really wanted to make sure Chris could direct on this movie, so Brock took on the mo- brunt of it, and I took on a lot of the jobs nobody wanted to do. Yeah, and I'm still shitty. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but yeah. it, wasn't it better? No, it, it yeah it definitely yeah. made so, a difference. So, yeah. Getting to where we are. Probably the first feature maybe that you got almost a hundred percent off your plate? Uh, maybe pretty close. Yeah. yeah.
2: did that feel good or were you like kind of a <laughs> fucking addict like hoping you know what I'm saying? Like were you like, I need a little bit of this fucking chaos? Pretty
0: no huh? I mean
2: because <laughs> there's there's still chaos
0: no matter what.
2: Yeah, but
0: it felt good not having to worry about the wardrobe, not having to worry about. Yeah. Picking up the water, yeah. it's like okay, someone else is taking care of that. I don't have to get up at yeah. fucking four in the morning and <laughs> go to Walmart. Go to Walmart. Yeah.
1: It, that that was, felt good. That was, yeah, that was that was you. On this <laughs> this is back again. Yeah. No, <laughs> but and, but you, I still had to pull them away to have a meeting because somebody in the cast it wasn't going to be able to go forward or something. You know, there was yeah. other big stuff that had to go on that we were our attention was pulled to. But that's the stuff that needed to be done,
0: right? Yeah. Speaking of that, did you have any uh, any issues with locations or cast or crew or anything that? that Let me tell you loop? about
2: all these fucking <laughs> cocksucking motherfuckers on my cast and crew. No,
0: yeah.
2: no. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Um, let's see <sighs> locations. Yeah, like I remember one day we were supposed to be in what was like the office, like the main office of this of this movie taking place. It's like an old kind of train depot, rock quarry type fucking shit, and it's just there, and it's it exists now as like a small, tiny stop as a train station, but it used to like carry sand or whatever over. Well, anyway, someone booked it. And it wasn't, like, an insane problem, but someone booked it at, like, 3, and we had it, like, 12 to 8. But if you guys know, 12 to 3, you're setting up, dude. You're just getting the fucking party started. Mm -hmm. So we had to modify and move and go outside, and it was not, we were not fucking prepared to go outside. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole other, I don't know, just, that's another thing is contingency plans, but that's where it gets all chaotic in my head, because I'm like, how the fuck can you, like, that's a crazy math equation to try and get contingency plans together
0: but you uh you got everything shot everything wrapped up you're happy with it
2: yeah yeah this movie really came together in like the backyards and the garages and stuff you guys do a lot of that like yeah done plenty of that yeah just
3: basements backyards
2: shot, race shot right
1: out here in, in the straight here <laughs> yeah
2: yeah yeah mm-hmm. Tents, you said oh yeah yeah man all that shit is like that's the those are kind of the, the money shots the ones that you're just like okay like i'm a better filmmaker I know this project more. I know what this, that's another thing, man. Sometimes it's like, and maybe this is me not having the reins as a fucking director, but it's like sometimes with all these fucking chaotic moving parts, you're just like, you don't know what this fucking movie is. You're just going to shoot something that you think this movie is going to be. You don't know what this fucking movie is. and Then you edit and there's another fucking leap of faith. You well, know. How
3: deep into editing are you right now? We're done. 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 We are Fantastic. completely and
2: totally done. Yeah. Oh, so, so it's on Netflix. Completely wrapped up in post. And Have released. you guys? Not, oh, I thought you guys watched it. No, no. I didn't, I didn't no we didn't know where to find it. <laughs> I didn't I know it was, was
1: out. out. Yeah, I was telling these guys like, hey, it looks like it's still in post. so I'm interested to nah, see when it's oh, coming sure. out here.
2: Now it's on Netflix. No. Oh, watch yeah. it tonight. Yeah. No, it's not, dude. <laughs> is, is Netflix. It's Netflix. your nine kids. He's got nine fucking
3: kids. Now he's got a finished movie.
0: It, so, it is you finished. know what our next question was? Is, it is finished. Did you yeah. even
3: make a movie? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> are you even Nathan Karimi? Who are you?
2: <laughs> yeah. I think so, man. At least fucking right now. All right, now. so where is it in It's in completely place? done. That's true. It's not on Netflix. It's the only thing I'm joking about. It's completely done. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this has been maybe... I posted about it. Maybe two months, something like that. Nothing... Not like crazy. Maybe a month it's been done. Total, total. Okay. Yeah. So, so. what's your plan? Dude... This is the bigger suck. Nothing that I have to say is really worthwhile about making movies because they, I haven't done anything with them.
1: You've made yet. a movie. That's a huge, Made Everything you say about making movies is going to help who our audience is in this. Yeah. yeah. Because everything you've said, we've lived. Yeah. And you're just another testament to say we're all in this together, but you're yeah. finishing projects. You keep driving forward. Yeah. That's stuff we're preaching, right? For so, sure.
2: I, and I do agree with that. I should reset. What I mean is in, like, selling the... Yeah, that's like, oh, yeah, so. You're driving. You're, so.
1: you're jumping in the deep end of the pool. Now. Yeah,
2: I'm about to jump on the crazy train, and I fucking do not have a ticket. I don't know festivals, and then I'm gonna fucking call uh, distributors, and I don't know. I kind of have this, I guess, romantic idea of really owning everything and having like Gung Ho Jungle, which is my production company for uh, more bit more of the business side of things. Having them run distribution. So, for example, call airlines, call cruise ships, call every motherfucker that has a TV that wants to show some shit on TV and see if you can fucking buy some of the, not buy some of the time, them buy you for some of that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if that takes a while, I'd almost rather see that and see what that process looks like because I'm just like, dude, imagine if like eight of us in St. Louis got really good at that. (laughs) I mean we'd fucking slay. Anyway, that'd be the kind of the big dream is to do it ourselves and really understand that process. But to be honest with you, man, if someone gives me any kind of a minimum guarantee that comes anywhere near the budget, I'll take that probably. You well,
0: know, that's a smart answer. Yeah. Because, I mean, the days of like the big MGs, yeah, pretty much done. Never yeah. say never.
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: because you never know, but the lightning in a bottle, Blair Witch, again, I, I, I won't say something is impossible.
3: It's yeah. just,
1: highly unlikely. No, it just has to happen, right? You can't plan it to happen. It's just got to happen. Exactly. Yeah. And what we're making is not going to happen. Yeah, we we look, know what we're sure. doing.
3: This is just always our hardest suck is the business side of the business. Yeah, yeah. It's not the creative. Being creative is hard enough. Yeah. But then trying to sell what you've created, good God.
1: Yeah, so we're getting ready to jump and dive into that same world here. And one thing we hope to do on this podcast is walk our listeners through yeah. as we open up offers. As we yeah. look at certain things and and give them a real idea of what what actually yeah. what actually happens, right? If we go to festivals, what's that look like? Yeah. If we go to a distributor, because you're right, you got to get on the email chain and just start blasting it out there, right? And see if anybody, yeah. anything
2: sticks. Volume, dude. On your, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I say you're absolutely right. I'm guessing you're absolutely right. I again have no fucking clue. It's a new but,
3: game for everybody these yeah, days. Yeah. It, it is, really is. And and the yeah, festival for circuit
2: sure. for people at our level.
0: Uh, all the top tier ones are basically off the list, right? I mean, I know everyone wants to submit their, their first film to Sundance yeah. in Toronto and go for it. Yeah. But, you know, kiss 50 bucks goodbye.
2: Maybe you'll get lucky. Yeah. we do, You know, it's funny. We submitted to Fantasia, which is a pretty fucking... That's a big one. Big festival. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's another fucking... Like, let's just say we get in... Is the cavalry coming? hmm That's why I'm a big fucking believer in, like, ownership of things, man. That's why I'm fucking pumped about the fact that you guys have fucking this down here, which is 16,000 times better than what I fucking have. <laughs> well, I told you I started a podcast. Yeah. It fucking sucks. I mean, like, not that word sucks That is a badass title. That shit is terrible. Like, I'm bad at it. I'm terrible at it. Uh, well,
1: we... <laughs> we're, we don't even know where exactly. Yeah, I mean, you're down here, so, you know... we. <laughs> You know, but the funny thing is, is we started this because we thought we had to do that in order to drive what we're trying to talk about because nobody wants to listen to us, right? Yeah. yeah nobody wants to see... And yeah, you're, that's, that's
0: you're, what you're I say over somebody. and over again. Yeah. Until you're somebody, or nobody. And if you're nobody, nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about filmmakers. Yeah. I mean, that's maybe true. your mom and dad, that's <laughs> about yeah.
2: it. Yeah, like I, I scroll through... Excuse me. I scroll through Rogan. Like, I, I like Joe Rogan, and Same I'm sorry. Day, yeah. I'm sorry if that fucking... You know, puts me in a bad category, but I think Joe Rogan's fucking, I think he's, I think he's hilarious. I think he's, inqui- and I think he's the right kind of smart, which is inquisitive. But anyway, I was fucking today because I was Ubering and for some reason, I know the fucking reason, dude. Uber, I I, I kind of feel like Uber tries to fuck you a little bit. They put these little like side opportunities, like take 10 trips today in fine print. They have to be in person, like they can't be uh, deliveries or whatever. Take 10 trips and get an extra 120 bucks. I notice I'm getting all fucking deliveries, way more delivery offers than I ever get. And I'm like, they don't want to give me this 120 bucks. So I fucking pulled over and I turned off deliveries and then I ended up getting like six rides. (laughs) And because I was getting these deliveries to start off the day, I was just like sitting in Walmart parking lot waiting on something. So I turned on, uh, I looked up like filmmakers on Joe Rogan. There's so few and you scroll through and they're all documentary filmmakers which god bless you because documentary filmmakers are badass motherfuckers talk about inquisitive. But anyway, uh, that's the point is I love like filmmaker podcasts like mm-hmm. so yes, yeah, so I don't know what the fucking point was, but what you guys are doing is fucking Well, bad. what uh, you said
3: what you said earlier was you wanted to control. Yeah. I mean, and that's big for us as yeah. well because there's some things that are out of control which you spoke about before after you signed that paper saying where you who's going to represent your movie. Yeah. You're out of control from yeah. there. You don't even know yeah. if the numbers are going to give you a fucking reel anyway. I've heard that, but
0: <laughs> that's that's, that's right. very true. Here, here's <laughs> the thing: if a distributor likes your film, they are going to be your best friend. They are going to be calling you, emailing you all the time. They're your buddy. They're up your ass day in, day out until they get the deliverables. Once they get everything that they need from you, then they they ghost your ass. Yeah. Then that's that's it. And I cannot tell you how many filmmakers have had that same sad story. Like, yeah, I was talking to these guys every day, and they were all into the movie, and we're going to do great things. And then nothing. And that first quarter report comes in, and it's like, Oh yeah, we uh, you know we we spent so much money on on the P and A cap, and then you know we did cross collateralization. Gosh, guys, you know the 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 cost just uh, we just really took a beating uh, this first quarter. But you know I think second quarter numbers are going to look pretty good, yeah. and then the second quarter numbers you get even less, yeah. and third quarter if you get them, they don't even talk to you anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's so many, and I, I don't want to bring you down by <laughs> I'm saying there. dude. I, I, I look. It's either gonna fucking happen for me or, or it's not. I mean, right. I, I it's
3: you're out there doing it, man.
2: Yeah, and the point is for me, like I'm at another one of these fucking. I personally am like in one of those down slumps after the movie. Oh no, and I get that. Yes. I'm just like, dude. I've never more. Maybe never before than now, and I'm and I believe this is a time when something good's gonna happen. I've never wanted to get out of filmmaking more than now. <laughs> that lag time's an ass kicker, man. It is, and I'm writing, and I'm writing, and I got a script, and I'm just like, what if this was a novel? Like, you know, like what the fuck? Like, what about just doing that, man? And then I can work a normal job. Fucking pay my bills like a normal person. I can do all these fucking normal people things and write in the morning or write at night or find some fucking time. when well, my kids get a little bit older, but I'm like, God, that sounds like the kiss of death when people say, oh, later, 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 later.
3: We've asked each other before about sucks at the end of our podcast, and I think Greg had mentioned it one time, or maybe it's me, or I, but what would suck more, not doing it or going through the bullshit of
2: doing it? I'm telling you right now is one of those times where I'm like really... uh Leaning into not doing it anymore, you know. Like I, I I'm going to. I know myself. I mean, I'm going to. But I'm just saying, this is definitely one of those times. So right now, I don't know, dude, because having two kids and fucking being paycheck to paycheck on shit and barely making it doesn't feel good. But I don't necessarily think that rich kids do any. Maybe they do a lot better. I don't know. Not not,
1: not to make it. We we talked a lot about. The, throwing the money at somebody for their first film, right? It's like it's almost wasted because you don't have the experience, right? The money doesn't make experience. Experience makes experience. It makes makes your movies better. So what I see you're doing it right is you got a criteria for what you're going to sell it for, right, and what you want to do with it. It sounds like you got a great plan for it. Yeah, it's kind of the suck because it's the waiting part and it's the not knowing. But, man, you got a film in the can right now that you can go... Right, you got a property.
2: No, for sure. And and that and I and I for sure, but like the part that I fucking love about it is kind of like over and I'm like, fuck, I want to do the next thing. But it's like, dude, the next thing's not possible without this shit that sucks, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: So Mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's very true. And that was a trap I found found myself in for years. Is we would wrap up production. And I'd be depressed, and it wasn't moving like I thought yeah. it was going to move. So what do I do to make myself feel better? Let's make another movie because that's fun. Yeah. Even though it, even though that also sucks and it's kind of miserable, but it's that good kind of miserable. Yeah. It's a good yeah. kind of pain. It's like when your tooth hurts and you keep fucking with it because it yeah. kind of feels it'll, good. it might come out <laughs> well, eventually. I know what knowledge. you mean. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, that's
0: perfect. Yeah, and, and this Red Knight at Skies was the first time because normally. I'm halfway through a production. I'm writing the next thing. I got the next idea. This is going to be the next thing we're going to do. This is the first time I said, no, hold on. Fuck that shit. I'm I'm not going to think about the next thing at all. There is no next thing. Right. This is the only thing.
2: Yeah, dude. That's a really, like... God, that's just a place to be in life. And it's so fucking funny, man. Like, I had... I wanted to get here on time, so I kind of timed my Ubers so that I would be fucking done and have enough time to get here, so on and so forth. But I had a little bit more time than I fucking thought, maybe maybe 25 minutes, uh, and I uh, put on this fucking pot. I, I went to open up fucking this old book that I was like, damn, dude. Because I'm telling you, like I'm in an actual like creative funk, so I'm trying to kind of find things that are fucking cool. Sometimes I'm like, I'm going to try to not listen to shit. That doesn't necessarily work. So... I was looking for this old biography of John L. Sullivan, America's first heavyweight boxing champion. And I was like, I saw this thing and it was like on uh, the audible or whatever. And it was like six way, six states of growth or six ways to grow or whatever. And I'm like, damn dude, I clicked on it and I started listening to it. It's the best type of thing of that, that that I've ever listened to from the intros perspective. And it was really talking about like, the same shit everything talks about. Habits and being in, you know, habits fucking contributing to like growth states and being able to like snap on confidence because you like know the state to get into with it and shit. Just a fascinating fucking intro. And I'm talking about I was listening to this motherfucker for like fifteen minutes. I don't know why I got off in this tangent, but basically I will snap out of it and fucking end up doing another movie. But yeah, this shit's Yeah, you need to right
3: you need to keep doing stuff. I can I can tell this is what your your lane is. Yeah. People who are creative and, and what really cool things that happen in life. It doesn't happen every single day so it gets us in funks. Yeah. But, man, we've got to keep pushing through it because it def- nothing's going to happen if you fucking bail.
2: Oh, no doubt. You know, so you got to keep For pushing sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure nothing will yeah. fucking happen if you bail, yeah. Yeah.
1: So where can we, can we see the trailer somewhere? What can we, is there anything we can, uh...
2: Um, yeah, the trailer's on, like, uh, YouTube. It's, uh, it's not the trailer, it's the teaser trailer. Okay. Uh, the trailer will be out soon. We're trying to get, like, someone... Cool to release the trailer, you know, rather than, like, me putting it on, like, (laughs) Facebook and, you know, uh, fucking jolting 39 people like it for Mm. my record-setting number.
0: Wow, 39. (laughs) No, those
2: are record-setting numbers for me, trust We'd be lucky (laughs) to get to 39. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you guys will get there, man. You guys are... this Someday. You have this here. So, damn! You guys got three fucking cameras. Right, three cameras. <laughs> yeah, we're. I, got don't, don't, they don't be, don't be
1: thinking people thinking that this is something that it's not.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> this a is a banner. This is out on YouTube too, so you
1: can really see what it looks like.
2: Yeah, man. What is each of you guys like? Role in the movie or movies or?
3: This particular movie, I, I was one of the main actors, the main actor, and uh, producer for this this film, Red Skies, and I've uh, been producing with Eight Eight for. A couple of films now as a supporting actor and uh, this and i said well fuck it i ain't gonna uh, i'm not raising any more money unless i'm the fucking dude <laughs> uh, that's not exactly true but yeah that's just kind of how it went
2: yeah I man you gotta fucking make it so uh, you like to be in front of camera
3: i started off as an actor yeah and then i decided you know let's let's put more control in yeah. myself and start producing yeah for sure I was, I was tired of waiting around for roles in the midwest they just yeah. weren't coming yeah yeah so i was like well fuck Let's let's do something where you know yeah. i can be in a movie and produce it too that's fucking and that's, that's, that's
2: the best man that's oh, yeah. that ownership shit it's it's a fucking beautiful thing writer director nice 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 that's, uh
0: my only uh, my only skills <laughs> uh,
1: Godfather of 88
2: what are yeah, talking about
1: yeah. and then I've always known uh, Greg I've met Brock through this but they pitched me on a, a film we were going to do but got shut down by COVID yeah and um, a made, boxing film yeah
2: really film. yeah wait called what Cruiser
1: I, Cruiser so I'm in business yeah so that's, that's kind of what I do um, sales and stuff yeah. so and I'm an actor too so yeah. I was acting for Greg a little bit and doing some stuff and that's how I got to know Brock but They had this thing, and they took it to the next level, and they got this. They got all this stuff together, and I'm like, "Oh crap! They're they're going to the next level, right? As far as you can go in independent film." And uh, by the time they were done, I was kind of pitching them back their own movie, and they're like, "Hey, we got to bring this guy on to the." Onto the team. Mm-hmm. Nice. So Red Knight was my first producing. So that was really my first time behind the camera. Yeah. So I learned a lot. And oh, I yeah. tell these guys, man, I still got a lot to learn. Yeah. But having that third arm, I guess, or that third leg of the stool, or yeah. however you want to say it, um, it's uh, I think it was key to us oh, yeah. really taking the next step. Brock and I have said for years, we need that third
0: producing partner. And we mm-hmm. had someone, but she uh, essentially moved on to bigger and better things yeah. working out of yeah. state mm-hmm. yeah. in film. And, yeah. You know, good luck and great. Great for her. Yeah, she, yeah. She's doing good for herself. Yeah, she's so kicking ass. I you.
3: do the taxes, I think. Is <laughs> I do the taxes <laughs> pretty much. I, but pretty much, if, if one of us didn't step up, we couldn't have made Red Knight. Not even close.
2: Yeah, yeah, man. I feel you. I mean, that's it's funny. There's the gorillas who's the, who makes the movies, who made Oscar Tank Hellwater, who will do Kill the Coyote. That's myself, you know, Dave Pitt and Kuzad Karimi. So it's crazy, like, how fucking quick side note that when I won Blue Cat I just get a fucking I'm getting all these emails from agents and managers talking about they want to read it and I'm like you know here comes the cavalry type Uh, thing and um, so I was like this is so fucking cool my wife even made a comment we were walking and um, yeah we were walking in the stroller with our daughter and my wife goes if this one doesn't do it you gotta see what you're doing wrong and I'm like, yeah, because I was like, we were both just like, you know, she gets pumped up with me, too. And we're like, this is fucking it. You know, this is fucking it for sure. You know, all these agents and managers are reaching out to me, so on and so forth. I called the girl that won it last year. And she's like, yeah, like I'm writing the fucking first movie for the New York Times. And I'm fucking doing this and I'm doing that. She's doing all these fucking phenomenal things. And I talked to a dude who won it the year before. And he's got like a series. It's going to be on fucking Amazon and all this shit. I'm like, damn, dude none of that happened to me at even fucking close i had one manager even really write back and was like yeah like this isn't for us it might just the movie just might not be right for a lot of fucking people but anyway i got an email from off of that blue cat thing i get an email from this guy and it says kuzad karimi la producer or something like that and i'm like oh this is fucking cool and i love taking these calls like one of them might actually you know turn into something Well, Kuzad writes me this fucking long-ass email about how he really resonated with, like, what I wrote for the biography and how he's Iranian, too, and holy shit, both our last names are Karimi and all these things. And, dude, he and I start talking, and, you know, he, like, watched what we had of Othello. He came on as a late producer and was, like, giving us notes on things and just fucking, you know, just... fulfilling that producer role making any kind of connections we needed just constantly checking in just fucking the best anyway whenever he fucking came to St. Louis and visited I gave him a gorilla hat making him an official gorilla so I guess long point being I do understand that fucking kind of holy trinity shit like you need three kind of producers
3: yeah at least Uh, one question though I forgot to ask earlier what is Oscar Tango about
2: uh oscar tango hellwater so the reason it got that name oscar tango hellwater oth comes from othello so it's basically othello or
1: reimagining of william shakespeare's othello yeah a horror <laughs> yeah a horror
2: reimagining of Re-imagine. william shakespeare's othello yeah that's uh, kind of the basic I, I think that quote. nails it right yeah there. yeah yeah
0: all right well i guess we gotta wrap things up cool, here man. so cool. generally speaking and thank you so much for for coming on the uh coming on the podcast. Fuck yeah. And what we tend to do here is talk about the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens of true independent filmmaking on the Indie Film Sucks podcast presented by 88mm Productions. Peace. And it's on, you know, all the social shit, whatever that is.
2: Keep sucking. Thanks, guys, for having me on. This is fucking very fun. All right. (laughs)
3: Indie Film Sucks.
0: Indie Film Sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah